At the start of the pandemic, the court system sputtered to a stop and had to figure out how to litigate under new COVID-19 restrictions. All the while, crime continued and the resulting cases started to bottleneck. Will local courts ever catch up? I'm Luke Garrett. And I'm Loris Spitalniak. Local courts face a mountain of cases that built up during the stoppages and delays brought on by the pandemic. This week, WTOP investigative reporter Megan Clarity walks us through how local courts dealt with COVID-19 restrictions and where the pandemic leaves judges, lawyers, and their clients. Every aspect of society was changed because we went into a pandemic. Court proceedings are something a lot of people probably don't think about unless they or their loved ones are currently going through trials. Did court proceedings just stop altogether when the pandemic hit? No, surprisingly. How did they adapt? It really was, I think, just like everybody else's experience in every other industry. It was like everybody looks around, what the heck do we do? How do we manage Mm -hmm. this? We were not, interestingly, following anything that was ongoing when the pandemic hit as far as a big trial. I think in D.C. it was like March 16th, 17th time frame. Of last year. Of 2020 was Mm -hmm. really the day and a half, two days where things were really hitting the fan here. And agencies and businesses were deciding, what do we do? The D.C. courts finished that week. I think they may have gone for another week and a half or so until it became quite clear that they had to have a mask policy. They had to change the way they were doing their security as far as like pat downs, because that's too close. Mm. You have to start reconfiguring the courtroom Mm. for six feet of distance. And once it became clear when the CDC issued guidance for these are the bare minimum things we need you to do as a society and they couldn't Mm -hmm. meet those just in the next hour. (laughs) Immediate turnaround. Exactly. Yeah. They had to pull back. So they went virtual, which from a privacy standpoint was fascinating to me. Mm, How so? Because so before the pandemic, I'm a reporter. If I take a picture in a courtroom and I publish Mm. that picture because I'm a dum-dum, then it was very easy to track me. And they wouldn't let us have phones. They wouldn't let us have computers in the courtroom. No photos. No even taking notes. There was no digital anything. So to take that entire system live online was fascinating to me. Unfathomable, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they should have. In my opinion, of course, I'm all for transparency. So it's Mm. a public courtroom paid with taxpayer dollars full of people who are government employees. So, yeah, that should be available to the public. But as press, you could sign in. And, for example, there was a juvenile case I was covering. They were charged as adults, but they were girls under 18. And the attorneys were really upset that the press was there because they wouldn't be there in a juvenile hearing. Oh, Fair. Mm -hmm. But because it was online and it was offered and you'd sign in, like you say who you are, and they have to ask each person in the room as they would not do in a courtroom. You know, are you with the press? Compensating for that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like identifying who's there. And then we all agreed Mm -hmm. to whatever parameters the judge would lay out. So for juveniles, of course, it's don't share any identifying information, their names, what have you. Mm -hmm. But just the concept that this is online. Not that I would do this, but what if I wasn't a reporter and I signed in and said, yeah, I'm, you know, Luke, Luke Garrett. Garrett. Right. I mean, who, who's to say? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I sort of was surprised, but at the same time, I do think that just like schools and just like businesses, I mean, figured out a way mm-hmm. to take what they do and put it online. It may not have worked well. You know, it may have worked great depending on what you were trying to move online. But courts, for the most part, I was very impressed. I really was. We have a trial coming up in Maryland. It took a few weeks for them to kind of figure out what to do. 
But in the end, because you really do need that jury there and you need them in person and there's just certain things you can't replicate online, most trials in D.C. are pushed a full two years because of the pandemic. So there are people whose court date March 2020 and it's now March 2022. Yeah. Wow. That's a long time behind bars. I mean, if the person is innocent, that is a travesty. If the person is guilty and they end up being convicted, the judge will give them time served. So if you're sentenced to 20 years and you spent two of it waiting for your trial, you'll get those two years on your sentence reduced. But Mm -hmm. yeah, for somebody who doesn't deserve to be there, that is... And that's, of course, the assumption, right? Like we're assuming they are innocent for that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You kind of allude to it, but this bottleneck of cases and people being held for extended periods of time in jail and it's solitary for 23 hours. I'm not sure if you've been able to speak to any families who have family members who are in this situation. Like what kind of toll does that take and what effect has it had on lawyers, judges, everyone who's involved in the court system? I spoke with one man's fiance and she did not want me to cover his alleged crimes. And she was just beside herself, understandably, because, you know, it's somebody she cares about in this really difficult situation. They have to stay distanced, have all this PPP stuff and and do all of that. They had an outbreak of sickness at the start of this thing. A lot of guards Mm. got sick that restricted access to their attorneys coming in. It was a mess. I mean, there's no other real way to say that. It was an absolute mess. And then you don't have your scheduled court date. No one's talking to you about when you are going to get your court date. It's not like you're going and looking it up in the system yourself. Is it a mess that they've recovered from, do you think? I don't think so. The Public Defender Service, which is the defense attorney you're appointed if you cannot afford one, Mm -hmm. such an interesting agency. Far and away, we've heard from a number of different experts, like one of the best in the country in D.C. And they filed saying, basically, what the heck? I mean, like they're lifting restrictions on outdoor weddings and on dining My client, who is presumed innocent, is inside 23 hours a day and can't see his family. They say it's a civil rights infringement. I mean, I think that it is. The impact of this pandemic, I don't think we have any grasp on yet. And what Mm -hmm. we have a grasp on already is terrifying for how much we know it's changed our lives. It's it's a lot. Mm -hmm. So then to think of what we don't know and, you know, the stories that we haven't heard and how it's impacting people's you know, beyond their physical health and their connection to their family and their due process, how about their mental health being inside for that long? They don't have Netflix in there. Not that that gets you through, but they don't have any of the distractions. And in the D.C. jail, a group of teenagers filed a suit against DCPS saying, you guys haven't dropped off any packets for us to learn from. We were never offered virtual school like the rest of the city was. We've just been sitting here waiting. Now, I don't know what these kids did. I don't know why they're in there. I mean, but there is a law in the books that says that the city that you are being detained in, if you're a child, you have to provide some kind of education for that child. And they're saying that didn't happen. So that's Mm. five kids. And you're telling me that's the only time that's happened, if that's the case. You know, so you just start thinking about this, you know, in a compounded way. And it gets scary. We all have probably felt the effects of loneliness and isolation, but the magnitude at which that was felt within prisons was probably just more than most of us can ever imagine. You spoke a little bit about court proceedings going online and this cracking open the courts to being a little bit more transparent. Do you see that this sort of transparency will kind of maintain and stay after restrictions are eased and normal court proceedings come back? I really hope so. I think at the very least, it gives family members who maybe aren't physically in that city mm-hmm. or people who are unavailable to attend who are interested in a court proceeding to have access. 
again, going back to it is a public space. They should have access. Whether that means I need to register two weeks in advance or something to be a part of that group that's let in on the Zoom that day at noon, fine. But at least there's that access point. I don't know if it's going to continue for press. Obviously, I think it should. It's interesting because another issue that the courtrooms are dealing with is space. So even if we have these social distancing limitations lifted, which they're starting to do now, (laughs) a lot of these courtrooms are very, very old. Most of the courtrooms are old. I mean, if you're in the front of the public space, um, I can't think of the word right now. It's not a pew. That shows my Catholicism. They're pew-esque. The gallery? The gallery. Luke, it's right. Luke wins the day. Okay, so if you're in the front seat of the gallery, you're maybe in D.C. Superior Court 15 feet away from the judge. I mean, it's tiny. And their biggest courtroom where we had the Darren Wint trial, I mean, maybe you were 30 feet away. These are not big rooms. Just because you can be six feet away outside, should they responsibly be putting people right next to each other like they used to in a courtroom? In Maryland, they are preparing for the trial of Jared Ramos, who pled guilty to killing a number of journalists inside the Capitol Gazette newsroom in Annapolis Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. The Mm -hmm. trial will determine whether he's sane or not. So they're preparing for this trial, and I've been listening in on Zoom on the pretrial stuff, and... Just the amount of things they have to consider. They don't want the jury to wear masks. Why? Because they want to see their reactions. Like microfacial expressions. Exactly, yeah. They want the same thing for the witnesses. I mean, there's a lot of expression. You know if you're mm-hmm. getting somewhere with a question or if somebody's tearing up, that's going to have more of an impact if you can see the tear roll down their chin. I mean, courtrooms are like plays. Courtrooms are emotional mm-hmm. experiences. And to take half of that out by covering mm-hmm. it up They didn't want Ramos to wear a mask. I don't know why. But they said that he needs to be able to talk freely with his attorney. And what is he going to do? Like, yell, hey, I don't think that that person, like, you know, like, you can't talk with a mask. Nuance is lost. Right. And then the plastic partitions. Are you going to be able to Mm -hmm. hear somebody across the courtroom? Right. How many family members, if you can only have 12 people in there, who do you choose? You have to have the bailiff. You have to have the judge. You have to have the witnesses. You have the jury. And then, you know, maybe you have five people left. Say you could have a 25-person courtroom or whatever. All of these things are just, they're not even about the case at all, right? They're spending entire three-hour-long hearings on something they never had to discuss before. These judges, of course, are a little wary because whatever they decide, if they're the first one to decide it, that's what goes for that courthouse. That's precedent. Yeah. Each courthouse generally has their own rules, but a lot of them are more strict than their jurisdictions. So they're all navigating that as well. To stay on topic... It's another delay in justice. You know, my trial's already two years past when it was going to be. And now you've had two weeks to prepare for a hearing about COVID restrictions for my trial in two mm-hmm. years. When are we even going to have to deal with that? I mean, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I like the comparison of trial lawyers to actors because there's a reason those two professions often have the same Myers-Briggs. Like, trial can be theater. And I hadn't considered the ability to read the jury as a hindrance on justice previously. I know. You know, and you think we're being... Nitpicky? Yeah, I mean, I could have made more noises there, but it's hard to say it's like acting and have it not seem dismissive. Oh, and that is not my intent at all, to be clear. Yeah, that storytelling, the emotion, like, that Mm -hmm. is happening in real life. And this is about somebody's, you know, the fate of their life. So it couldn't be more important. It couldn't be more emotional. And to take away that aspect, I mean, I was surprised in this Maryland case that the judge was so responsive to that request, but he really was. Let's figure out a way. Could we do face shields? All different things. 
if you see the jurors like two spaces apart, face shields would probably be adequate. And do we need a bigger mm. courtroom? <laughs> I don't think I always remember how many cases these courts can churn through, especially like the general district court. Do you see us getting back up to speed in the next year? No way. No? I mean, I just don't think everything remains the same size-wise, capacity-wise. There's not 12 new judges. There's no change in the amount you can do as humans. And then all you have is restrictions on how you're doing it. And then crime keeps happening. I mean, if crime stopped tomorrow, could we catch up? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, as long as it keeps piling on... No. I mean, you could consider possibly like transferring some cases. That's an Mm -hmm. idea to another jurisdiction. But then you have other legal questions. It's a hard thing to weigh. And there are a lot of professions that are waning in numbers. Police, Mm -hmm. not attorneys, not in D.C., judges, (laughs) court staff. I mean, all these people have to be trained and have years of experience. So it's not something you could just put in a couple Mm -hmm. volunteers and catch up. It's trickier than that. Prison guards, too. I think they're having real issues. That profession had a very high percentage of COVID cases because of the density of jails. That's fair, too. I mean, anybody who's like affected by these congregant settings and the timeline that really directly affects people's livelihoods. It's a tough thing to just put back on the rails and push down the tracks. It's it's going to take a little while to get back up to speed. Starting May 15th, D.C. Corrections officials relaxed their near constant confinement that inmates endured for more than a year. The isolation was meant to contain the spread of COVID-19, but drew sharp criticism from local leaders and human rights advocates. Maryland courts resumed jury trials in criminal and civil cases almost a month ago, after allowing them on an on-and-off basis since the virus broke out. Due to the pandemic, the state has a backlog of thousands of felony cases. And a big thank you to Megan Clorty for joining us a record two weeks in a row. You can hear more of her work on American Nightmare, a podcast covering true crime stories in the Washington, D.C. region. Today's episode was produced by me, Laura Spitalniak. And me, Luke Garrett. Our cover art was created by cartoonist Audrey Garrett. And our music is courtesy of Lockspeed. Join us next week as the world reopens. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great. And Podcast D.C. gathers all the local shows that I like, all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. And for the month of May 2021, get a chance to win Maryland lottery tickets. Available in the App Store or in Google Play. Listen local with Podcast DC.